0: Welcome back to the Space News Pod, your daily source for space, science and tech news. My name is Will. President Donald Trump signed a directive centralizing all military space functions under the Space Force. It'll be overseen by the Department of the Air Force, and I'll get into that in a minute. But first, I have to take a quick pause for the cause. Check out our sponsors. They help this podcast out tremendously. So these guys are awesome. So President Trump signed the directive for the, the new Space Force, but Congress officially has to approve the creation of the Space Force, which is a sixth military branch that would organize, train, and equip a core of military space personnel. Trump's signing of the Space Policy Directive 4 marks the first time the administration is made clear how the new Space Force would fit into the existing military structure. Now, that being said, let me back up for a moment and let you know what the Space Force is not. Initially, they don't plan to have military personnel floating around in space with guns. That's just not what this thing is. And it's also not beam energy weapons that are going to be shooting down at Earth from space. Though the United States government has definitely shown interest in that. Pulsar weapons, things like that. Ways to destroy enemy satellites, stuff like that. That's all being talked about. But right now there's nothing official. Um, Congress still has to go through the whole process of approving it. And also, we have to find out exactly what the Space Force is. You know, like, what are they going to do? What are their directives? So when Donald Trump signed this order, he said... Today, I'm thrilled to sign a new order, taking the next step to create the United States Space Force. So important when you look at defense, when you look at all the other aspects of where the world will be someday. I mean, this is the beginning. This is the very important process. And according to this directive, the Space Force will initially reside under the Department of the Air Force. and It will be led by a civilian undersecretary of the Air Force, for space as well as a four-star general serving as the Space Force Chief of Staff. So there's a history of defense forces and military forces being under another arm of the military. So the Air Force, for example, used to be an arm of the Army. So it was the Army Air Force. Then they split off when they found out that they can do separate things, you know, that they need a separate Air Force than just the Army Air Force. So that's what they want to do with the uh, Space Force. They want to keep it under the Air Force for now. And then when the time comes, they're going to split it off if they see a need to do that. And Mike Turner, who is a Republican from Ohio, didn't really support this at the beginning because he didn't want to see the Space Corps in 2017. He didn't want that to happen. So he was going to block legislation for that to work. And this new order, well, he likes it. He thinks it's cool and he turned around and he said today signing of the Space Policy Directive 4 is the first step in a process which may create the capabilities we need to ensure our success in the domain of space. So keeping it under the Air Force, well, he liked that idea and it's more traditional and it's a better way to do things because you can kind of you can figure it out as you go. You know, you give it the test steps and then you evaluate it as you go. And he went on to say, I believe it is important that space capabilities remain under the Air Force's domain as we look towards Congress's responsibility in legislating further on this issue. I look forward to working with my counterparts on the Strategic Forces Subcommittee to ensure that the President's proposal satisfies our space needs, is cost-effective, and results in increased capabilities. And under this new directive, um, it stipulates that all uninformed and civilian personnel currently supporting space operations will funnel directly into the Space Force. And that means that Army and Navy personnel could find themselves in a new service under the discretion of the Space Force. So it seems like they're going to be borrowing people from all over the place to get the job done. An administration official said... We don't want anyone to be hurt if they transfer over into the Space Force. We'll be moving, I think, fairly slowly, focusing on the headquarters functions to begin with. Then there will be a lot of activity that will simply be moved over for people doing space operations. Then we will be laying out career tracks for people further up. Now before anybody gets too excited, the Space Force has absolutely nothing to do with NASA. And that's true for NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration and also the National Reconnaissance Office. So don't worry. They're not going to take over other agencies. They're their separate thing. And they'll be doing their own thing. But that doesn't mean they can't borrow from somebody like NASA. NASA has a technology that they need to use for something. Well, they're going to be able to use it, I'm sure. And same with NOAA. If they have any information or data that the Space Force could use for some of their operations, well, they can just borrow it. Because NASA's information is public anyway, so there you go. They can borrow anything that NASA has. And it's not like NASA doesn't get telescopes from spy agencies sometimes either. Because they do. And uh, I have an episode about that in the past, so go check that one out. It's pretty cool. And the thing is, they don't really know how much the Space Force is going to cost on its own. And a senior administration official told reporters that initial costs would be less than $100 million on top of the services already budgeted to carry out space operations. And they may need to look at the paperwork and the funding a little bit more for military space activities in the future. And he said, if we take more aggressive actions for building up resiliency of our systems, creating counter space capabilities and counter adversary threats, those things will cost more money. And one of the initial things that the Space Force might do is that they might make ways to knock out ICBMs. So intercontinental ballistic missiles, things that, you know, from across the ocean can shoot a big rocket, you know, over to another land. And the Space Force may be in charge of finding out how to deflect that, how to destroy that, how to counteract it in some sort of fashion. So that might be one of the first directives. And there was a little bit of a backlash when the Space Force was first announced. Um, People kind of laughed at the idea, thought it was kind of silly. You know, we already have the Air Force. Uh, Why do we need the Space Force? You know, we already have things up in space that do whatever uh, we need done. But apparently it's going to be happening. So if Congress, you know, votes on it and votes positively, we're going to have a Space Force. And that, my friends, is the episode for today. And I want to say thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you to all my sponsors. And if you like this pod, make sure to hit that subscribe button. I do it every single day. And I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will, and I will see you soon.